Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how to close the wealth gap in your own life with the man who's done it for many, our wealth coach himself, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Hey, Paul. Hey, good to be back, buddy. Good to uh, be here. A lot is going on right now. Let me get my uh, mic you know, out of gonna, my face here. Okay, there we go. That looks better. Yeah, you know, we're going to get to <laughs> it. But first thing I want to do, uh, like I always do, is I want to address the audience, let them know how much I appreciate them, uh, you know, as far as tuning in. And now you can literally just, uh, you know, go to YouTube, check out our live stream, um, octalkradio.net. Uh, you know, hit the like button if you like what you've heard. Uh, subscribe. And, you know, we're, we're coming to you as far as trying to put out relevant content, things that you can actually use in your day to day life. And I'm going to tell you right now, Paul, uh, I heard something uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, but it became more prevalent, uh, where we're getting to that point, that point where we're coming back to that, uh, we live in a boom bust uh, society based on, uh, uh, our economic structure. We sure do. And we've been in a boom cycle for so long. And a lot of people assume, they're even, they're even saying that, you know, the, the, the boom cycle has been, um, uh, inflated. It's been, yes. uh, manufactured. And that, but now we're coming to the end of that cycle. And the way we know that we're coming to the end of that cycle is now the reports are starting to go out. And we talked about this on the show before where banks is going to, they're going to start pulling back on their credit. The credit that they're offering, lines yes. of credit, uh, HELOCs. And, you know, I want to talk about that today. Um, Cause I don't think anybody's ready for that. They're not ready for it. And can they're I tell not, you, can I set it up? Cause one time well, you said today's topic and I, fl- I had a flashback. You know how I'm not an old Vietnam War veteran, although I could have been a couple more years. I was, would have been there. So, you know, I, I have flashbacks once in a while to the sixties or seventies or eighties or nineties. I had a huge flashback to the not just the great recession of say 10 years ago but before that in the 90s we had a couple other big recessions one or two and, and I in was, 1987 the stock market crashed in 1987 that's i'm probably thinking that then right after the 90s so there was a yes. forgotten not as big as the last couple but uh everybody's like oh my god the earth's falling yes. the sky's falling um i remember at the time both times this happened that all of a sudden i got a little notice in the mail your credit line has been cut in half. What did I do? And at the same time, the interest rates that you're going to pay on the current balance have gone up. Skyrocket. They go up. What did so I here's do? The thing. Like, I'm a like good I, customer. Like, like I said, man, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> and then, you know, it's almost like the four tops, you know, and it's in unison and everybody starts <laughs> rocking to it. It, but and again, but if you're just a yeah. if you're an average student of history and just going back and seeing how things happened a decade ago or two decades ago or three decades ago, you can almost plot those trends and say, "Wow, you know this happened before, and it's it's happened a couple of times. Maybe it can happen again." Yeah. And I tell you what, um, you know, we got a lot of people that that follow us that are that are Christians. Uh, that they, they read Me the too. Bible. Me too. And again, I'll, and I'll tell anybody up front, and you know, I'm not a Bible scholar or anything like that, 
But there's so much good information in that book. I hear people say that it's outdated, but it's the laws and the principles that are in that book that are timeless. Yes. And they, and they, they bring those laws and principle out, principles out based on stories. Yes. And there's a story, and I'm not going to get into the full story, but, um, uh, there was a guy named Joseph, you know, and his brothers had left him for dead and, you know, he had a bun deal. He was actually, uh, being, being accused of sexual assault, ended up getting, um, thrown in prison. And at the time, the king uh, had a bad dream, and he wanted this dream to be interpreted. And again, yeah, you can right. always go to the Bible and check out the story and everything. I'm not going to get into all the details. But anyway, the bottom line was he found out there was somebody in his jail uh, that can interpret dreams. Mm-hmm. So he had this this young guy, Joseph, come and interpret the dream for him. And what he was saying is that, you know, based on that dream, there was seven years of plenty. Mm-hmm. But there was there was also seven years of drought. Mm. And what he what he advised the king to do, say, hey, there's a based on the dream, uh, the interpretation of your dream, there's going to be seven years of drought coming. And what you need to do is prepare for this drought. Yes. And what the king ended up doing was was taking this prisoner that was accused of sexual assault and made him the number two guy in the kingdom. And what what Egypt did at the time was they they stored up all this grain all this grain and when the seven years of drought and seven years of famine came all the people from all over that region had to come to egypt to get food Mm -hmm. now egypt was not doing this out of the goodness of their heart what they were doing is they were trading grain they were using grain as barter and what they were doing is again if you had land or if you had uh, uh you know crop if you had uh you know cattle if you had anything that you could trade with then you got this grain. Mm-hmm. And so during that period of time, Egypt became extremely wealthy. Now, how does that relate to today? Based on the boom and bust cycles, there, there's a seven-year cycle yeah. of boom and bust periods in, in the United States. And so it's always a time of plenty for the wealthy. Say that again. No, and, and that, that, about it. That, they, they don't go through the ups and downs that we do. They have a, they have either a surplus or a, or a bank behind they have some storage behind them to suffer through the tough times it's called capital <laughs> they have capital behind them because what they're doing it's like if you go to walmart and you go to uh kmart or something like that you see a clearance a clearance rack yeah right and it's, it's a red tag on it right and everything is on sale and i don't care it could be a designer item you know whatever it is it's on sale well during time of you know the boom bust cycle uh, during the bus period, that's the clearance. That's the time when everything is on sale for the wealthy people. And I'll give you an example. Um, Boy, that's a that's a powerful way to put it. That's just their clearance sale. They're waiting for that uh, summer sale that we call the G- depression. And they will tell you that. They they'll tell even like like uh, Robert Robert Kiyosaki wrote this book, excellent book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, obviously. and he followed it up with a book called The Cash Flow Quadrant, where the uh, and he talks about the cash flow as far as. Uh, uh, this quadrant where E represents employee, S represents self-employed, on the, and that's the left side of the quadrant. The right side is for the B and I, which is business owners and investors. Mm-hmm. And what he what he what he tells people based on that mindset is you want to be on the BI side because that's where all of the benefits are. That's where the tax breaks are. That's where everything is. You add so, one more to the letter to that BI side, and you got big. <laughs> exactly. Never looked at it like that. But again, if, if you're on the BI side, you're waiting for that uh, that bus cycle because everything is on sale. 
And so what happens is what you'll, you'll see that, um, during the, the, uh, during the boom cycles, the interest rates, as far as uh, wealthy people and rich people borrowing money, um, they're, the banks are giving that money away to them because the interest rates are so low. Mm-hmm. So it's free money. Mm-hmm. So they have free money to store up during these cycles where their money is making money. And then when the market crashes, when real estate crashes and everything is at a discount, that's when they leap in and they start to buy. And then once we get out of that uh, that bust cycle and everything, you know, the recession starts to ease a little bit, um, then interest rates start going up again. Uh, prices of, of, of real estate start going up again. Stock prices start going up again. They sell. <laughs> they sell to suckers. <laughs> well, ah. most people, most people in the United States, based on a lack of financial literacy, their condition to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. And so what they're going to do is they're going to buy either way when prices when, are when high. It, when they're when it's going up, I got to get in on it. When it's going down, I got to get out. And I got to get out of it. Yeah. Whereas the savvy investors, when it's going down, they know to buy more. Yeah. And so instead of getting out of it, it's like, wow, this stuff is really cheap. Let me buy more. But the average person will say, I'm losing money, money that I don't have. Let me get out. And when people come knocking at your door and say, I'm going to give you twice for that house, twice for that stock, they say, it's yours. I'll take the cash exactly. and wait for, wait for you to come back in six months and sell it to me all over again. For exactly. Half the price. And that's, and that's the boom bust cycle. That's the, the, that's the psychology that's happening, but it doesn't have to be that way. If, if you just had, if you just, Took the time to to educate yourself, to get the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding of what's going on, then you could play this game too. And I, and I call it a game because that's what it is. That's what it is. It really is. You know, you can cry about it. You can uh, you can shake your fist at it. You can say uh, how awful it is or unfair it is, or you can play. Or you can play. And while everybody is playing checkers. Um, these guys are playing chess. Yeah, three-dimensional chess. These guys and, and women are playing chess. <laughs> three-dimensional chess all over the place here. Like Spock and, in uh, Star Trek, three-dimensional chess. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and, and they're doing it not as individuals, but as corporations, Yeah, as companies, because that's where the tax advantages so are. So let's go back to this credit line thing, because this is this is yes. I've seen it starting to happen, or, or I, I've heard it start. It hasn't happened to me yet, but I remember vividly when you said that, Oh, that was the sign bad things were ahead. When they looked ahead and said, we're going to reduce our potential liability here. We're going to make it harder to borrow money here, even for good customers. I didn't have, I didn't do, you know, normally you think I caused this myself. I missed payments. I did something, and as a penalty, they cut me back. They cut me back, the good guys, because they wanted to cut their liability they didn't want to have as much credit floating around out there that they might have to cover they see all of the all of the defaults that are coming they're forecasting yeah and they see they're getting they're, they know that a lot of people again they're based they're they're dependent on credit because their income stops uh before the end of the month yeah. so they so they supplement that with credit but if that income drops and they don't have another source of income then what people are going to do is again they're not going to pay their bills. They're not going to pay it. Yeah. And so the the problem is even though you wore like I said no fault of your own, you paid all your bills on time, 
Let's say if you had a four thousand dollar line of credit, let's let's just take it home. Right. You got a four hundred. You got a uh, or uh, a credit card, and it's got a, a four thousand dollar credit limit on it. Well, one day you're going to wake up, and your credit limit is going to be two thousand dollars. Exactly. But think about this: you were already at maybe a three thousand uh, dollar limit or a three thousand uh, uh, dollar balance balance on your credit card. So you had about a thousand dollars left. So your 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 utilization at that point of your credit was seventy five percent, and it changed you, my credit score because all of a sudden my utilization. That's what I'm getting to. It's going to affect your credit. No fault of your own. It's going to affect your credit score. So now you're over that limit, and so now that your credit score is dropped, guess what? It you know it could, you you can your credit your credit score can drop overnight. Oh. But it could take you months and sometimes years to recover from. So let me give you a tangible example. So that year I went out and leased a car, and that's how I discovered this. And they said, well, you're, um, I thought I had you know good credit, whatever good credit, 700, let's say, or something, you okay. know, a, a, a good credit card. I went and I had like 600 or 620 or something, you know, way down okay. from where it was. And maybe not 600, but like, you know, it was substantially down. And okay. so they said, oh. Mr. After I negotiate the whole thing and I'm ready to sign the paper, up oh, it's another hundred dollars a month for your car. Why? I got good credit. Oh no, no, your credit's gone down. Why did my credit go down? I didn't default. I didn't do anything. Well, your credit utilization went up. Why? I didn't exactly. buy anything because you used to have this much credit. Now you have a lot less credit, and whatever that balance is looks bigger against that little amount there. And suddenly, I was using more of a littler, and I said. How did this happen? And they went exactly. I don't know, it's, Mr. Roberts, but you know, it's another hundred bucks a month for the next four years. Exactly. So what I'm saying is that if you had a four, if you had a four thousand dollar credit limit, and you 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 were utilizing seventy five percent of that, meaning that you had a three thousand dollar balance, the minute that drops down to two thousand, your utilization is a hundred percent. So and, it, and nobody sent me a note. If, if they did, I, <laughs> I didn't see that they cut my credit. I didn't see how it affected my credit report. I but a lot of times it. you're not going to read it because you know you're paying your bills on time. Yeah, I threw it away. So instead I walk in and I'm shocked. that. And this is after a couple hours of negotiating this thing, driving and trying. I'm all excited and ready to sign the deal. Oops, at that last moment as you go into financing, oops, hey, I'm sorry, we just ran your credit report and you, we can't do the deal. We said it's another hundred. It was like $100 or $75 more a month for four years. And I was infuriated. What am I going to do, walk out? Uh, so, Paul, that that was that was extremely relevant then, but when you look at the signs of the signs of the time right now, and what happened with COVID and the unemployment rate, yeah, and now people are you know people have leverage now; they can literally get more money, uh, you know, for certain positions. So when some when you got two applicants and they're looking at these applicants and they're equal, yeah, oh, but all of a sudden true. they look at their credit rating, their oh, credit scores, yikes. That could be a, de- a determining factor whether you get that job or not. Forget about trying to get, uh, you know, finance, you know, for any, for a house or, car. you know, a car or anything. You know, we're talking about generating your income again. So good. Even people who've paid the bills on time, been careful about their spending, all the things we're, one of the things you're always trying to preach, don't spend like a drunken sailor, you know, pay attention to what you're doing. People who thought they had it figured out suddenly get the rug pulled out from under them. Because the bank cut your credit card limit and your utilization suddenly looked different. You're using more of a smaller line of credit and suddenly your credit score, unbeknownst to you, went down significantly. 
And and here's the kicker. Now that you're down, this is where they kick you in your teeth. Because they know you don't have a reserve. They know you don't have a savings. They know that you don't have anything to fall back on. Why would I get 1% saving it? I better just go out and invest it and buy something here. I don't don't get anything from that saving account. You know, if you look at what happened in 1929, uh, prior to 1929, a lot of people would save a lot of their money in life insurance. Yes. Insurance products, whole life insurance. And we're not, that's another show. We're not going to get into all that right now, but that was the mindset back then as far as uh, having that capital reserve as far as an emergency or using that money uh, to start businesses and things. But then the rate of return on that wasn't as much as investing in the stock market. Right. And it so was when steady, I at, but it was small. It took a, like a savings bond from the Treasury Department. Another thing people would give you when you kid a savings bond 20 years, it was worth something. You had to hold it forever. Exactly. It grew exactly. Over time. Over time. So, but when, but the, you know, the, the stock market back in 1999, 1929 became sexy and everybody yeah. was in the market. And so they didn't have a whole lot of savings. And so when the stock market crashed, uh, and the, the New York Fed, uh, the, when the, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank didn't inject all that money back into the system. Unlike the last pe- time, unlike this, you know, the last two crises where they, especially this one, where they just went and pumped a bunch of money into, to rescue everybody here. It, it, they call it quantitative, quantitative easing. Yeah. Right. And, and, but what that does, why, why do they all, why do they all give it a name that nobody understands? Quantitative easing. Who knows that? Because why they, most people are financially illiterate in this country. So if you don't understand what's going on, it's not relevant to you. Can I so anyway, you? so right. so let, let me let me let me touch on this point because it's, it's very important as far as people putting themselves in a position whereas uh, they can they can you know they can overcome what's about to happen because it is it, it really is a mindset. What is about to happen, business. folks? Did you just see a red light blinking in the back here? Tyrone is giving you a warning sign here. It's about to happen. Yes. So when that's when the stock market crashes, and you know you're on paper. You know, your your net worth is dwindling and you don't have uh, you don't have the you don't have the credit to fall back on and you don't have the reserves to fall back on. Then you're going to be in a world of hurt. Now, um, we at the same time, there's another crisis going on with evictions. But you talked so about the people, last time. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people don't have they, they, they don't have the money to pay the rent. Something again, some people don't have the, the money to pay their mortgages. And so you're going to homelessness is going to increase and rents are going up at a time when people are struggling to pay what they already have to pay. I just read this morning across the country. Rents are going up. That seems to be counterintuitive. People are struggling to pay. And yet and, and, and I guess it's because housing's gone up. You got no choice. So, Paul, that goes back. And, and we talked about this on a few other shows talking about as far as inflation. These prices are going to go up to where I don't care if it's rent, food, gas, uh, all these prices are going to go up to where a lot of people are not going to be afford. They're not going to be able to afford their standard of living. So, again, that goes back to the wealth gap as far as the haves and the have nots. We've been talking about this for I don't know how long. Yeah, that's that's the name of the show. Right. So you have to be able to position yourself in the future to whereas you have things that you can barter with. I'm not saying that the economy is going to collapse. That's that's not going to happen. What's going to happen is the wealth gap is going to get wider 
and wider and wider. So you're going to have people that's doing extremely well. And then you're going to have people that's doing extremely poor. Yeah. And they're just barely, barely going to both be groups are it. growing. The, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. Exactly. So what do I, my thing is you in the future, you're going to have to set yourself up to whereas you're playing chess. And if what you're doing is not working for you, you have to come to that realization of saying, this is not working. So you need to stop. If you're, you know, if you're not in that, if you're, let's say you're, you're 50 years old, 40 or 50 years old, and you're still living payday to payday, you're still following all the rules and all the paradigms, and you're still, you know, you don't really like your job. You don't really have enough money, uh, you know, saved up for retirement. You don't see where you can literally uh, get the training that you need to pivot to another career. Then all of those, that's feedback. That's, that's life telling you that the decisions that you're making are not efficient based on what your aspirations are. So you have to take the time. You have to stop and ask yourself, how do I fix this problem? So kind of look at it like going to the doctor. You go to your general practitioner and the doctor tells you, hey, you know, we got something going on right. and we need to send you to a specialist to check it out. You're not going to sit there and try to self-diagnose yourself no. and try to solve the problem. Not at that point. Not at that point. So and it, 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 even if you were, I mean, it's just like somebody going to court and uh, without having legal representation, uh, the judge, they, 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 the judge may not say it, but they're looking at an idiot. Yeah. They treat you that way. They treat you that way because you, you didn't come in there with, with the right representation to get the best outcome that you could get. You thought you could do it yourself. It's almost like somebody having a, uh, uh, they're buying a property or they have this property and they start having pl- plumbing problems and they're not a plumber. They've never been trained in plumbing of uh, being a plumber, but they go out and try to do all this plumbing and just make the matter, make matters worse. So in the future, you're going to need you're going to have to pair up with somebody that has that information, that has the experience, that can literally look at your situation and give you a professional, qualified uh, information to say, hey, look, this is where you are. This is where you'd like to be. We can put a plan in place to help you get from point A to point but B. But you know the problem is I don't know anybody like that. Who can who who could coach me like that? Who could give me a plan? Who could show me the way? I'm looking. I'm looking for somebody wandering around looking for somebody to help me here. Get, help well, me I out. tell you what. I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But there's this guy. His name is Tyrone French. I've heard of him. He has, he has, a, has a, coaching, a show. As a coaching program, uh, closingthewealthgap.coach. Uh, I would recommend anybody to go to that website. Just take a look. Just get the information. You know, and it, it may, it's not for everybody because, because again, it's a mindset. And you know why it's not for everybody? It's it's not because everybody. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna interject this because too often people say, "Well, it's not for everybody." And that means, well, yeah, because I'm stupid, I'm poor, I'm. Uh, it's only for the wealthy. It's only for the privileged. It's only for the few. Uh, we, this whole podcast, this whole show, this whole radio show, this whole your whole life is about ordinary people. Everyday people getting ordinary, ordinary wealth. wealth. 
ordinary wealth. The or, wealth shouldn't be an extraordinary thing for only a few. We all should have the way to. If you define wealth as having more than you need, an abundance of some sort, then we all should have a reserve. We all should have an abundance. Unless we live in a world, let's talk about this for a second. You know, because I think this goes to core of it. This is this. We're getting a little religious here. Do we live in a world of abundance or do we live in a world of scarcity? We live in a world of abundance. When you understand how everything works uh, and how the, the synergy of everything, it's abundance. If you even, even if you just thought about the, the thoughts that you have on a daily basis, um, you have hundreds of thousands of thoughts on a daily basis, and they're unlimited based on what you can think about. The issue is application. The issue is being able to make sure that you're thinking, of, you're having the right thoughts uh, and you're applying those thoughts to whereas now you're manifesting. And the reason, the only reason I said that is you're right. It's, 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 it's ordinary wealth for everyday people. But the issue is what's easy to do, Paul, is easy not to do. Oh, easy. And, and I think it goes back to not just laziness, because then, then you're shaming me again. You're just too lazy. You're too dumb. You won't take the time or too busy or whatever. It's part of a belief, I think. We've the talked belief about system. That yes. whether you believe it can really happen. Because I tell you what, I look around every day and I see scarcity. Longer lines to buy things. Shorter supplies of refrigerators. It takes longer because of COVID or something here. I see longer lines, shorter supplies, less credit they're going to give me. I feel like it's a shrinking world, and i got to fight for everything I get. Somebody's trying to take it all away from me all the time here. I am so glad you brought that up. And, again, we, we're going to wrap this up, yes. So, I, but, but I do want to interject because I, you just said something that, that's extremely important. What a lot of people see, they, they'll look at their financial situation, and they'll say, well, this is hopeless. Yes. And I'm never going to get to the point where you know I have all the things that I want. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you how wealthy people think. It took them generations to get to the point to where they are. Mm. So the first person, or we call it first generational wealth, they didn't reap the benefits of all the things that their kids and their grandkids are reaping as of today. But what they did was they got the ball rolling. And so what I encourage my listeners to do, get the ball rolling and put yourself in a position to where as you're passing down wealth to the next generation so that they have way more They're starting to as far as resources and assets that you that you that you could have even you never even imagined I'll give that you, I'll it could have gone in that direction. Strange story, but it stuck in my mind. One time I went down to New Orleans and went out to the big old plantations out there uh which you know I know were horrible places and what horrible things happened, but they were beautiful buildings. And this one guy who was a planter there planted it's called oak alley you can look it up he planted some oak trees and 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 he knew they would grow together to form an alley down to the river Mm. from his beautiful house yes and the and the guide as i'm going through it said you got to realize though an oak tree takes a hundred years to grow so he knew he would never see what he was doing he could only envision he was planting a seed for some future generation to see And, and, and to this day it's a spectacular sight this alley of oaks that he had it in his head to start way back when oh i mean again it's a mindset yeah it's a mindset and a horizon and how far are you looking in the horizon am i looking today tomorrow we're too often we're caught in the today world the minute right now this second 
And, and that's what causes a lot of the hopelessness. Because if you look at your situation, if you look at the circumstances right now, and, and it's not good, again, that creates uh, an emotion of, of fear and desperation. So that's why you have to look inward. You don't allow the circumstance to dictate or the, your circumstances to dictate how you're going to perceive life. You perceive life from the inside out, not yes. from the outside in. You take control of that. And that's why, and again, I, we're going to wrap this up, but yes. that's why I have these seven steps that, I, that, that anybody can incorporate in their life. And the first thing is you start out with the word. Or you can call it a thought. You can call it an idea. That is the ground level. I call that zero. That is ground zero. You got to hear something. You got the first step. The first step is that you have to hear that word or that idea, which step number one, which leads to your level of, we talked about, which is your level of belief. You have to get to the point where you believe it. Because you can say something consciously, and receive something in the conscious mind. But if the subconscious mind, if they're not on the same page, the subconscious mind is always going to override that. Don't conscious. believe it. Ain't going to happen to me. Doesn't believe it. Ain't going to happen. So then that the, um, so it starts out with hearing, believing. Then all of a sudden you have to speak that word, which reinforces the Napoleon Hill called it auto suggestion. It reinforces that belief system that you have, which catapults you into activity that's the fourth step mm -hmm. once you get into activity then you persist you gotta continue you got to keep going you got to push push through it until it manifests and once it manifests once you've achieved that thing then you have to take a moment to rest that's the seventh step <sighs> which is to rest and another word that i looked at with is, is, uh, that you can use for rest just add an e to rest which is reset. Ooh, ooh, I like that. It's time to reset, which is now going back to ground zero, which is the idea, the thought, or the word. Well, my friend, my coach, my inspiration, you're going to have to reset the clock here because we're out of time. Uh, I just see more and more. I'm beginning to see the bigger picture here, and I'm beginning to see some dangerous signs ahead. You talked about the coming eviction uh, uh, apocalypse when they find when the government finally removes uh, the support they've been giving people who couldn't pay the bills and haven't paid their bills. Talk about the uh, the cut in um, uh, credit lines. We've talked. Uh, we should do a show on the, the tightening supplies of things. For uh, Toyota just announced today, we're doing this in the middle of uh, August that they're going to cut their production in half because they can't get little computer chips right now. Yes. Uh, all of this is going to make prices rise, and the amount of money the government's stuck into the system, inflation, uh, uh, those double whammy there, inflation and cut back in productions, cut back in credit. Wow, look out. Things are coming. You better be but, ready. And, and, that, and that seems like a scary forecast. If you don't have the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge to how to navigate it, if you have the right, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding of how these are happy times. A storm is only scary if you're not prepared for it. If you're not prepared for it. Exactly. Okay. Well, I'm prepared to do more. How do people find you if they want to get prepared and learn more? Again, what I want you to do, and again, you know, I, I really appreciate people, you know, uh, taking the time to listen to uh, this podcast. Um, go to YouTube. Check it out, OC Talk Radio. Uh, if, you, if you like the information, you know, just like it or, you know, click on share subscribe. It. Share it. 
but you don't share it. But you also, you have my, you can have my business in the palm of your hand, which is my mobile app. It's not going to take up any room on your phone. Just go to closing, text closing the wealth gap to 36260. Again, let me repeat that. Text closing the wealth gap to 36260, or just go, if you're online, go to closing the wealth gap dot coach. If you just, you know, want to give me a call, call 562-498-4316. Uh, but at my website, all of my information is right there. All my contact information is there. You know, and again, you don't have to go through this alone. You know, we, this is a labor of love for me, for, for Paul. Uh, OC Talk Radio is putting this, this content out for a reason. These don't, these do not have to be scary times for you and your family. So just, but you gotta, and, and Napoleon Hook, uh, Napoleon Hill wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. But before that, he wrote a book called The Law of Success. He said real power is organized effort. Organized effort. Yeah. Organized effort. So start to you know, you know, two people. Two people can represent that organized effort, that that, that level of power. Well, you know, there you was a guy a couple step. thousand years ago and he had a he only had twelve people and he changed the world. <laughs> yeah, what was that guy's name? I forget that uh, guy's name. Pretty- I'll think of it in a minute here, yeah. <laughs> All right. That's thanks so much. Come back again. That's our show for this week, Closing the Wealth Gap, the one show, the only show that shows you how to take control of your financial future. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.